0: It's the Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal. And I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Hey,
1: David. David, How are you tonight?
0: Good, good. You know, I think we've been doing these podcasts five years now.
1: Uh, It seems about right.
0: We used to
1: to have to go down to the journal and do them in that uh, uh, audiovisual room there. So, of course, we couldn't do them after the games until we figured out how to set it up in a little more relaxed environment than that. You're right. But, but we've been doing games for probably four years now, right?
0: Yeah. Well, tonight's game certainly wiped the sour taste out of everybody's mouth in oil country. It was a 4 nothing win. Uh, of the Oilers over the Nashville Predators. And it was as dominating a win as the loss to the Minnesota Wild was underwhelming and um, sad. The Oilers were, were that dominating over Nashville, I'd have to say. It's, it's fascinating. The Oilers seem to have, have had some pretty good games against Nashville in recent years. No good games against the Wild. Yeah. But they, seem to, they seem to play well against Nashville. I don't know why that is. Why? Because, you know, a lot of people think they're kind of similar teams. I don't. I, I don't. The Wilder, I think, are, personally, I think are a much better team, but that could be shaped by uh, the Oilers' record against them. We've been doing podcasts for since 2016. Wow. Sir, yeah, plus. sir. First one. What did you think of the game just generally?
1: Uh, I thought it was, the Oilers were just great right out of the gate. And mm-hmm. they came out uh, right on task uh, and uh, took care of business from the get-go, took care of the puck, uh, took care of their man. Uh, I, I really liked um, Chris Russell's booming check on uh, uh, Marcus Michael Granlund. Uh, yeah, Michael, of course. Uh, uh, basically, his first shift in three weeks. And he stepped up just as Granlin got the puck and he just dipped his shoulder right into Granlin's breastbone and two little guys. But holy moly, that was a big hit. And I thought it really set the stage and sent a message to the other Oilers defensemen, you know, after a game last game where they never knocked down a soul in the whole game, I don't think. And Russell said, hey, boys, do it like this. Boom. And uh, I think it just sort of set a take-charge example real early. And uh, I'm going to tip my hat to Chris Russell for that. But uh, I won't call it my good thing because there's way too many good things to uh, use it on one one play like that, no matter how delightful.
0: <laughs> I think uh, I have a, Bruce, I have a feeling when the playoffs come around, Chris Russell's going to be in the Oilers lineup. I just mm-hmm. think he adds an element, even though he's not, He's not a, you know, he's not big, so he can't be big. He's little Bobby Clubber. Like, he he does play a tough game. He can't be big Bobby Clubber, but he plays that physical defensive game. Um, and he still plays it pretty darn well. And I'm betting he'll be in the playoffs. And that may mean a, an 11 and a 7 lineup like they went with tonight, which seems to work for the Oilers just fine. Like, I don't have a problem with that. So <clears throat> and then if a defenseman gets hurt, you can do that if a defenseman's not playing very well. You can, you can go with that. So, so this is our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcast. First, so I'm going to start it off because mine kind of segues into yours a little bit. So, sure. um, the game, this game was never that close. Um, wasn't close in the end. The Oilers outchanced them eleven to nine on grade A shots. But on the all-important category of five alarm shots, the very best scoring chances that have the thirty-three percent plus chance of going in, the orders were six to two. I think the owners only had two, if I'm not mistaken, against the Wild. And now, which is a, just a really low amount, you know, teams usually get six, seven, eight, and the orders had six tonight. And then and they they thwarted the Predators and and got them down to two. Uh, this game, they didn't have any in the first two periods. The Predators. And, um, but about halfway through the second, the Preds were getting some momentum and they were starting to get some chances, opportunities. I don't think they were getting shots necessarily. They did get one good shot. Um, but, um, they were getting opportunities moments around the net. that looked dangerous. So I'm starting to think, oh, they're just going to give up a goal here. And all of a sudden in fairly, in, in a three minute span, we had two, what I would call tabletop hockey goals. You remember when you were playing tabletop hockey as a kid? You could only control the two players. Though, you know, when you are trying to score, yep. the winger in the center. Yep. So what you invariably would you the, the puck would you would have the puck on the winger stick, slam. and you would slam them both <laughs> together at the same time towards the goal. And the winger would put the puck to the center, and the center would slam it in the net. Uh-huh. The player in the middle of the ice. And we had two goals in f- fairly quick succession for the Oilers that were just that. On the first one, um, so they both featured really great rushes down the wing. Uh-huh. passes into the middle and great finishes so on the first one um wow. it was zach hyman who charged in there and it was a really quite a fine rush down the wing and a really great um uh, low high pass that's what i call these passes you know going from the uh, below the goal line to the uh, upper slot and those are very difficult shots for the goalie to stop even if they end up being from a little further out. Because um he's back in his net. He has to be back in his net respecting the possibility of a wraparound. So you you make that pass and it's a <coughs> invariably leads to a grade A shot. And did Leon Dreisaitl ever make a fantastic shot oh, on sad. that play? It was it was un believable kind of between the I think it was between the defenseman's legs and over the Goldie's padding and off his stick immediately with mm-hmm. a, a a total eclipse of the sun uh screened by Zach Cassian in front of the net. So there was three really good plays on that one. Three minutes later four to uh, count
1: the punt rebound by uh Smith, uh, Mike Smith that started right. started the rush and earned him an assist. <clears throat> uh, indeed. <laughs> um
0: the next one uh was Leon that one? oh they took it away the next one wins uh, it's um Drysdale who wins a battle and Kane he just starts flying down the wing. He really picks up speed and gets going fast. And he puts the puck in the middle of the ice for Darnell Nurse. And Nurse mate he he just slammed that home and it that was a true table top hockey moment. And it was just, it's it's interesting, you know. He he scored um sixteen goals last year in in fewer games 56 games mm-hmm. and everyone was saying that was unsustainable and it was a high number right he had a high shooting percentage for a defenseman yep. but he's up to nine right yep. now this year I've got 10 and he'll you know so he'll get he'll get double digits goals again oh, this yep. year and um yeah he's doing okay he's he's doing okay and that was a fantastic goal uh, um Darnell nurse has that ability to be a mm-hmm. dynamic offensive okay. attacker. He's, he's a different kind of attacking defenseman than most defensemen because mm-hmm. he attacks kind of like a forward in a way. He, he, you know, goes fast at the net and makes plays and has a hard shot. And, you know, most more defensemen are more like Tyson Barry or Bouchard kind of slick with the puck with a good mm-hmm. outside shot. Nurse makes these kind of offensive forays. This was one of them. He's made a number through this year. They've often mm-hmm. ended up in key goals for the Oilers, and it happened again tonight.
1: Officially a shorthanded goal, eh? <laughs> because uh, Buddy came out of the box just as Edmonton was establishing possession, so it was a four-on-four. Uh-huh. Four, but the uh, the goal is credited as, as a as a shorty, and the penalty had in fact ended uh, five seconds before it went in. So Buddy probably never got back into play. Of course, second period, it's a it's the far penalty box to the defensive yeah. goal too. So it's but. Uh, that's technically how it was scored, but it was uh, it was a good play and it was uh, Leon that made the big s- defensive stop uh, way down in uh, uh, in uh, uh, below the circle in Edmonton's zone. I can't remember who was the Nashville defender. maybe it was uh, uh, 14 uh, uh, Eckholm who had rotated up and and Leon spotted him and uh, rotated to him, stopped him once. And then when Buddy got the puck behind, he tried to make a centering pass. Leon blocked that pass and it went to C.C. And now the puck's going the other way in, in uh, with purpose and speed. And so that was a team goal as well.
0: Bruce, what is your good thing tonight?
1: Yeah, well, I'm going to single out uh, Leon Dreisaitl for uh, two of the things that you mentioned. And the thing I just mentioned... Which was goal scoring and fantastic defensive play. I thought he was outstanding in this game uh, on the defensive side of the puck. Officially credited with three takeaways, and uh, uh, that I mean, it's just stood out how many puck battles that he won and how how uh, much attention he paid to detail. And uh, uh, when Nashville had the puck, and he was a man driven for no two-game losing streaks on on my watch was how uh, how he played that game and three unstoppable goals holy moly what fantastic drives they were the first one david i got a stop action of, of the puck when it's going just inside the post at about 200 miles an hour and you see closest body part to the puck is easily two feet away from. Him. he had no chance to stop none whatsoever to stop that and he could have been six foot 11 and he still wouldn't have come close to it so it was just
0: great pass uh, from Nuge. Wicked,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, three-way triangular passing play, sort of, sort of low—not quite low-high, but low-medium—from uh, Connor to Nuge in the slot, and then Nuge sort of went medium back low to the other side, and Drysaw scythed it into the net uh, like yeah. a rocket. So that was the uh, first goal, and then ultimately the game-winning goal. Uh, the uh, second goal that you described, they, there was one great camera angle, I don't think we would have appreciated how good this shot was, except they had a camera angle that was so good that showed all the traffic, you couldn't see yes. Sar- couldn't see Saros at all because <laughs> he couldn't see the puck and uh, Leon found this little channel that was uh, uh, unobstructed between him and the net and he put the puck right in there over the pad and just inside the post and quick shot again and then uh, the the hat trick goal, of course, uh, another savage wrist shot from the slot on on a given goal with uh, with McDavid. Uh, uh, that puck hit the net, David. The net might as well have been a trampoline. The puck just came flying back out of the net just as hard as it went in, and it was just such a such a, a rocket of a of a of a finished shot, and uh, for Leon and. and uh, I mean, his ownage of the uh, Predators is incredible. And in the, in the orders la- last game the Orders played against them, he got shut out for goals. And it was the first time after he had six consecutive games against them of two, 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 four, and two. He got shut out one game, and now he got three. His last two games in Nashville, he got seven goals. He just wow. completely owns that team. I mean, that was it was Nashville that you and I saw together earlier in the season, right? He got two goals in that game. So seven two-goal games and a total of 17 goals in his last eight games against them. You know, over an 80-game season, that's 170-goal pace. I think that's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, wow. obviously unsustainable, but he's sustained it for like three years now. And uh, Nashville must be sick of the sight of him. But uh, I I also, like, I really enjoyed his his uh, his defensive play and, and uh, how many straight-out stops, steals of the puck he had, how many good reads he had where he just picked passes off. Uh, I thought he put on a clinic.
0: He's finally probably feeling healthy. Like, he, he had had a it few games where he himself. did not look like Leon Dreisaitl. You, you could see how disappointed he was, too, when he got hurt there, I think. He was... <laughs> Because I, really worried, I, I think, and, and I think it's partly, I think part of it is he wants to lead the league in goal scoring. And, um, I'm, and I'm just reading minds here, but Leon was he, he's he, these athletes are driven to success. And like they spec asked Mark Spector asked Connor McDavid who he'd vote for in the Hart trophy voting. Connor McDavid has no no doubt about who the best player in the NHL is, it's him. Mm -hmm. And you know, modesty prevents him from saying it, but he has Mm -hmm. no doubt about it, and they they, none of them have any doubt. So, I think Leon really would would love to lead the league in scoring, and that held him back a little bit. Uh, but he is now at 54, and Austin Matthews is at 58, so he's only four back, and um, there's still time to make up that gap. We'll see, he can make it close. I'd love to see that happen. I'd like to see, I'd love to see Leon tie Matthews or or get ahead of him, but it's an all, it is a long shot. But it's not. Uh, stranger things have happened in hockey.
1: The last Oiler to hit 54 uh, in a season uh, was uh, Craig Simpson, and that's an asterisk job because he got 13 in Pittsburgh and 41 in Edmonton uh, to get to uh, uh, to get to 54 goals. That uh, that year. Wait a minute, he got uh, 43 in Edmonton, got to 56 goals. That was so. Leon hasn't quite got to there yet, but he was the last guy to be. The number the guy last guy to score fifty four as an Oiler I believe was Glenn Anderson, and uh, oh geez we're going way back know. yeah 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 like it's uh, it's uh, it's a, it's a major feat it's not just fifty like he's he's blown through the ribbon of fifty goals and keeping right not right on going and uh, with a, with an exclamation point tonight so
0: okay which um, I got a quiz question for you Bruce this is yeah. which all time stat. In the NHL for regular NHLers, does Craig Simpson possess?
1: Oh, best shooting percentage, regular season and playoffs. Correct. And at regular season, he's the all time best. In the playoffs, he's the all time best by 10%. 10%. <laughs> he's 30, 31 points something and the, the all time list, at least last time I checked, unless there's some recent hot shot. And it's pretty hard to shoot over 20% in the playoffs these days. And he just, well, he took such high percentage shots and he took such punishment to get into such good shooting positions and he was so good at cleaning up garbage around the net that he was a deadly,
0: deadly shooter. 23% in the, uh, 23.7% in the regular season mm-hmm. was his uh, shooting percentage. I'm just trying to find the playoffs here. Let's oh. see. Playoffs, 34% Oh, third shooter.
1: One out of 30. three. Wow.
0: <laughs> Boy, he had the, and then there was that one great. Of course, in the 1989-90 playoffs, he was with Messier and um Anderson. Anderson in that on that line. The, that was the Oilers top line and he scored 16 goals in 22 games.
1: Scored the All cup, right. <laughs> scored the cup winner on a behind the back pass <laughs> from Anderson where he went in and deked Andy Moog. And one of the Sweeney's fired Simpson right into the net as he de- made the deposit. So the puck and Simpson himself went into the net in very short order. Very spectacular cup-winning goals. One of one on the short list of most spectacular.
0: He was an outstanding hockey player.
1: Mm-hmm. Already righty. Skater he- too turned out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> an eventful time in his life. Um, yes. Bruce. Let's move on to our bad things. Um, I guess I'll start it off since I started off with the good thing. Sure. My bad thing, there was literally almost no bad things from the Oilers in that game. They mm-hmm. just played a really solid game, bounce, a great bounce-back game. Um, so my I got to go all the way to Calgary, and my bad thing <laughs> was the Calgary Flames tonight. Uh, uh, Fuck, buddy, <laughs> come on. They lose five one to the Golden Knights. It's, it's there's is four minutes left in the third period as I am saying this. And mm-hmm. what is up with that? Come on, like beat that team, beat the play, Golden Knights. You know, would have put to a stake through their the hearts. Yeah, yeah, that's right.
1: Anyway. And lose lose at home to L A Kings and lose at home to Vegas. Losers. <laughs> anyway, there is yeah. You are right. There is not much bad from this game. My bad thing is the. Uh, sort of first two, two and a half minutes of the third period uh, when Oilers came up with a 3 nothing lead and just needed to sort of keep doing what they were doing. And Vegas came up with a little push, or not Vegas, so uh, Nashville came up with a little push. And a couple good plays, very nice play by Duchesne, uh, who just flat out beat Darnell Nurse one-on-one and came in and... uh, uh, Mike Smith put that away, and it was like 20 seconds into the third period. And then there was a couple of – one guy whiffed a great shot from close range. Another guy missed the lot. net yeah. from close range. And then they actually scored a goal uh, that looked like it was going to get him back in the game at 3-1 when uh, uh, Smith couldn't contain a hard shot and the rebound was right in the blue paint and, and Colton Sissons jammed it in. But Oilers' hero and, and possible team MVP, Jeremy Kupal, from the press box called down to the bench that it was another offside challenge that was going to be won by Everton. and lo and behold, uh, Monsieur Coupelle was correct yet again. I don't know how many he's got right this year. It's gotta be at least five. I know he's, two in one game.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he's he's done well. He's done very
1: well. Yeah and he's never got one wrong because I said that I said to my wife then, you know, if if he's wrong on this or if they find it even inconclusive, you know then it's a goal and a penalty right away. Power play right after. You got to be sure. <clears throat> anyway, he was sure, and uh, so was Col- Colton Sissons. The camera was on him, and he was just sort of shaking his head and looking out. Yeah, it was offside. And, that know, was way
0: offside. <laughs>
1: that wasn't close.
0: Up. A lot of them are pretty close. That was mm-hmm. not. That yeah. one was not that close.
1: And once that happened, it was like Edmonton got a second life, they won the face-off, they went down the far end, tooled around down there for a while, and, and all of a sudden it was back, the game was, puck was back on their sticks, and the game was <laughs> back back in their control, and Nashville's little burst uh, was over, but during that little burst, I thought there was just that little time where Everton didn't quite match Nashville in the one-on-ones and the puck battles and puck management for, you know, just a couple of nervous minutes, and that's really all the nervous minutes there were in this game, it was, uh, a very uh, major control job by
0: the Oilers. Yeah, that would have been a that would have been a bad thing if Smith let in that goal because it was not a good shot um, mm-hmm. to be letting in. So that was a little bit frustrating, honestly. But uh, fortunately, it was called back. And uh, what would you give Smith in that game, Bruce? If you were grading the game?
1: Oh, I uh, got a shutout. Uh, so a minimum, I would grade him an eight, uh, it's a great game to get a shutout and make, you know, he, he had 30 shots. He made a number of very tricky, uh, saves. Uh, you know, they had, uh, uh, I, I don't think very many five alarm shots, but they had quite a few grade A's and he stopped them all, you know, or, or, I mean, it wasn't like he was lucky. He was lucky the one got called back. And otherwise I thought he was pretty commanding. His puck movement again was good. They gave him an assist one point took it away, yeah. And he, uh, yeah, I'd say an eight. I, I'm not sure he was oh, he got Couldn't enough get more work than to that, be no. outstanding, let alone transcendent, which is a 10. But uh, I thought he was, I call that a great game. Shout out on the road against the playoff team, yep. Yeah, he's been good, he looks good right now, and you know, we, we've all had our turn. Uh, criticizing him, and we all knew that he one day would want to come and stick it down everybody's throat. And uh, right now, he's doing it: four goals against in four games, four wins, all on the road. Well, good for him, right? Good for him, and yeah. a great
0: and a great game-winning pass.
1: That's in what we're too. hoping.
0: That's what we're hoping to see from him. Well, wow. and uh, we're seeing it. Uh, numbers. My number, Bruce, is five. Mm-hmm. And that's the number of orders defensemen who kept what I call a clean sheet. Wow! wow. No wow. mistakes against on a grade A shot at even strength. So that's Bouchard and Keith, uh, Barry and Kulak and Chris Russell. Darnell Nurse had a few. Um, mm-hmm. He had, he w- he was caught out on the Duchesne play. Boy, Duchesne has really um, revived his career, but and and it's tough. For Darnell Lewis he's always against the best competition. He's always against yep. the Matthew Shane's. So he's he's more prone to get beat, partly because of that. But the other defensemen, after having just a terrible game against the wild, it was that was mainly the defensemen who were who were breaking mm-hmm. down in that game. And uh tonight they were just all really super solid. So good for those guys, good for the defensemen. Uh may they have many more clean sheets as this season goes along and the playoffs come about. What is your number? Yeah, yeah, well, 30 hits the
1: Orders had tonight. I think they had nine in Minnesota. Yeah, and like I say, I, I personally, and they mentioned it late in the broadcast as well, I really thought that Russell hit was uh, a significant one. It wasn't just a hit, I thought it really sent a message and and um, uh, sort of set the stage. Anyway, um. Uh, my number is 23. We kind of missed this one last game and the disappointment of a 5-1 to one loss at Minnesota, and we had some bad, ugly numbers to look at and stuff, but we missed the uh, the record, Edmonton Oilers' record power play goal uh, scored to break the shutout in that game by Leon Draisaitl, number 21, and I thought, yeah, we should mention that at some point, point. and then tonight, of course, he comes up with 22-23, and now he's sort of, uh, again, sort of broken through the ribbon and into a, into a new realm, setting a Edmonton Order's record that has stood for 38 years, uh, held by two all-time Edmonton Order's icons, Wayne Gretzky, who set the original record in 83-84, and Ryan Smith, who tied it. Uh, and uh, it stood on the books as the two of them now for 20 years. And now Leon Draisaitl, has sort of consistently been a 15, 16 power play goal a year man has upped that ante even more and he's broken a Wayne Gretzky franchise record and that does not happen every year let alone every day that's a that's no mean feat to have done that you know in the year Wayne set that record most power play goals he also set the franchise record for most shorthanded goals in the season same year he led the league in both and and he had 12 shorthand 12 shorthanded goals nobody's going to be breaking that one anytime soon but uh the power play goal record is finally uh, uh, finally gone after uh, after all this time. So uh, another hat tip to you, uh, Leon Drysdale, for for uh, for setting a new franchise record held by uh, uh, two all-time great Oilers. I think it's fair to c- call Ryan Smith that in the fullness of time. Certainly an iconic Oiler, and uh, yes. Leon himself is becoming an iconic. Oh, Oiler.
0: definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, he he is. I mean, this is he's having just a fantastic season. I was just marveling, at, you know, thinking about what all these goals that we've seen. You know, him unleashing that electrifying executioner shot, which he did again tonight on his first goal. And, and um, what a what a player! Just I was just thinking about Gretzky too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shorthanded goals got me thinking. There was no one. There has been no one better at on no. the back check tracking back on someone, lifting their stick, stealing the puck, getting it, and attacking the net, the Wayne Gretzky. Wow. He was so hungry. He was so hungry for that play and those goals. And man, did he ever get a lot of them? He just was on those guys and pickpocketing them and going in. So well that year that year he had twelve
1: shorthanded goals and eleven assists. Twenty-three points with the Oilers shorthanded. The Oilers scored thirty-six shorties in 83-84, <laughs> Still the all-time record. And second, mm. third, and fourth teams all-time were also Edmonton Oilers teams of the nineteen-eighties. Like they're, they're, they were a killer counter-attacking team, and uh, Glenn Sather and the team rightly saw the other team's power play as the time they were most vulnerable to a counter-attack because they're trying to score, of course, on the power play, and they're putting yeah. on offensive players and. Uh, Wayne and Yari or Mark or Paul, you know, all those guys were just, you know, you get half a chance and now it's a two on two or even a two on one going the other way with all kinds of speed and skill going down the ice with the puck. Well, they're going to put some of those away and they did.
0: righty, Bruce. Well, the next game is Vegas, two o'clock sure Saturday. I'm going to the game. So mm. I'm going to hopefully enjoy that. Hopefully mm. it's crossed. Big game, obviously. It's it could really uh, put a crimp on the, the uh, Golden Night season to, to lose that one, but um, we'll see.
1: Well, it would mean they're chasing the Kings and not the Oilers. Minimum. <clears throat> yeah, minimally.
0: yeah.
1: And the Oilers can put put uh, some distance between between themselves and, and Vegas by winning that game. That's uh, it's going to be a huge. Uh, it's a real four point game at this point. Oilers are in an advantageous position and they would still be in one, even if they were to lose that game, but they could really put the put, their, put uh, uh, themselves in the catbird seat by winning it.
0: All righty, Bruce. Well, thanks for t- talking tonight.
1: All right. Thanks for listening, everybody.
0: And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.